recording from Exponential Medicine 2017 from the beautiful Del Coronado Hotel. And it's my privilege to get to chat with a thought leader, innovator in the space. And his name is John Brownstein, and he is the Chief Innovation Officer at Boston Children's. He's also a professor at Harvard Medical School. Hey, John. Hi. Great to be here. Thanks for making some time. So, uh, when I was listening to you in one of the breakout sessions the other day, I said, I have to talk to this guy. Uh, And the reason is uh, you're a Chief Innovation Officer. I think I heard your background is in public health, epidemiology, and data science. And you're what I call in a health system nested organization charged with innovation so that always excites me tell us a little bit about you what drew you into your current role and then let's talk more broadly about some of the um, exponential themes we're seeing around here and how you see that coming together in the health system to enable the triple aim great thank you yeah so my background is in sort of large data sets as, as it's applied to population health so a lot of my background was thinking about what are the data sets that I could get access to to really understand the health of populations and really got drawn into technology data that was sort of outside clinical settings like data from Google Twitter Facebook really recognizing that there was all this digital exhaust that could help be transformational in understanding health of populations. Ultimately, um, this was part of my research lab at Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's. Ultimately, it was actually able to take some of that technology and spin it off into a company uh, that was able to be grown and, and, and actually brought some of the technology uh, to commercially uh, out there into to life science and to pharma and other companies. What we recognized was that as a researcher, as a clinician, you're some, somewhat of an entrepreneur building a research group, building uh, technology tools, um, and you're running your group like a startup and ultimately some of those learnings can actually go into companies. Within the health system itself we have so many innovators, so much untapped potential um, but to really bring some of those ideas to market, you need some real resource. Um, and so I was lucky enough to take the experience that I had from taking an idea from inception in a research lab to, to, to basically a commercial company, take that concept and build up essentially a way for entrepreneurs that are within the institution to take their ideas, build out a concept, and, and, and take it not only as pilot within the hospital, but to market. And that really is the concept behind our innovation program. We have an accelerator, which is essentially a 50-person team that actually can take ideas across the house. Whoever has you know good ideas, take them. Um, and really start to build out a concept. But beyond just sort of piloting, the idea is really we have business and strategy and project management surrounding essentially an idea um, and building up a startup within the the institution, eventually launching it outside of the institution. And so we have a collection of about 10 startups so far. They range in all sorts of dimensions, machine learning in, 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 in clinical workflows to consumer tools to help with early diagnosis of disorders like ADHD, dyslexia so really a range of sort of pediatric focused um, efforts and it is really interesting because we're an accelerator within a healthcare system which means that um, yes there's some important guardrails and how we operate we're different from the ISD the technology operations of the, the, the of the inner workings of the hospital but by being within an organization it means that we have 
some of the, the most clearest, best ideas because they come from real pain points and they come from real operations. But then at the same time, we get to test things out and we get to build things and actually try them out in our organization, which really is an incredible advantage and really uniquely positions us compared to maybe other types of accelerators that are out there to the point now that we're actually bringing other startups that are not drawn from our own ideas, but around the world that are coming in and, and benefiting from the infrastructure that we've built up, um, which is really about all about focusing on innovations that impact the patient journey. Um, and so the, we're, 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 you know, two years in and it's been really exciting to get this going. Can you walk us through one of these projects from sourcing yeah. to launch to uh, sampling time series as yeah. to how we're doing and ultimately yeah. where it wound up? I mean, we, we still are, are very early days, um, but there's some great examples out there. One idea came from one of our physicians, Michael Doctor. He has a challenge in his day-to-day -day, uh, work in that he is constantly having to manage um, his, his administrative staff around various tasks that he has to deal with on, around a patient. There's all sorts of scheduling issues and, and just management of paperwork. And he, he had to create essentially a to-do list. Um, you know, there's a companies like Wonderless, others that have, have developed, or uh, Slack, that have developed technologies around communication. He didn't have anything at his disposal to really build uh, a way for to keep his entire administrative uh, staff on the same page. So we actually just launched a company called Doc Health, uh, which which is basically a technology that we developed with sort of insights that he had to essentially build a HIPAA compliant to-do list for healthcare to get everybody on the same page um, around various administrative tasks. And so, right, that company is now launched, it's an entity, and it's you know now not only piloted in Boston Children's, but is actually now piloting in other places as well. Um, we launched a company called Circulation about a year ago, which was all about logistics. We recognize that we have tens of thousands of missed appointments every year, and a good chunk of the reason that those missed appointments occur is because of lack of transportation. Meanwhile, consumers are benefiting from rideshare, Lyft, Uber, but patients are not take, getting that same advantage. And so we've now built a product that is essentially a layer that goes between the electronic medical record, health systems, and rideshare uh, like Uber, like Lyft, to essentially bring on-demand to patients. When there's high-risk patients that are likely going to miss their appointment, we can utilize this tool. When there are patients that have problems, or they're going to likely have a problem with discharge um, and not have you know, access to transportation, this is where a tool like this can come into play. So we're already seeing major cost reductions compared to more traditional, like taxi vouchers. We're seeing higher patient satisfaction, and we're seeing uh, lower, uh, lower no-shows as well. So really, another example. Now that product, we launched it as a company. It's now across 60 health systems. We raised $10 million in a Series A. So this is a kind of example of, of companies we're getting to launch with sort of pain points that we experience directly within the hospital. Two years in, that sounds like a lot of movement. Yeah, it's it's been great. We've, you know, we have a really good process that we put into place. Innovation, of course, you want to be able to fund everything and really support the entire spectrum. Um, it's challenging. There's so many good ideas, but so we've really we've we've opened up the floodgates in terms of ideas. But the things that we actually fund are much smaller. So we have a, a deep vetting process that we utilize. We use sprinting. A sprinting process to really delve deep into an idea and really flesh out the opportunity and then we have an incredible external advisory board we don't try to just eat our own dog food we bring in VCs and and and, and those that have entrepreneurs that have experienced real you know success um, to really vet our ideas and really de decide on the few things that we're gonna actually put a real resource behind and, and get to scale 
So two years in, was there someone in this role before? Talk about, is this a freestanding uh, enterprise group? Is it a department in, in the mother house with a firewall? What's the, what's the setup? Right. So, it, so it's not a new role. I'm actually the second person in this role. Um, the first chief innovation officer, Naomi Freed, did a fantastic job of really building up a culture of innovation within the hospital, built up an accelerator program to, to sort of build a culture of innovation and really make people recognize that there were opportunities in digital tools um, across the patient journey. I think the next iteration is as the institution sort of began to be much more comfortable with these ideas, it was recognized that we were starting to head into this sort of ecosystem of pilots that often sort of died on the vine because we ended up supporting a lot of projects, um, many that just didn't have sustainability, many were very highly tailored to specific environments. They just couldn't sort of get scaled and they didn't get the support they needed once they were piloted. And so the recognition of that, we started to realize, okay, if we're gonna bet on things, we have to put real dollars behind them, real resources, and we can't support everything as much as we want to. We can guide people with their ideas to funding and other opportunities, but we're gonna take a smaller subset of ideas ideas, but then really bring those those projects to their natural conclusion. It could be failure for sure, and we have to be honest about failure. When that happens, we have to really be tell people, you're an amazing entrepreneur, but this is just not the idea that's going to get there. Um, or on the other hand, if it's a real project and, it has, and it's real evidence and it's real deployment, then we start to think, okay, what is... What are the assets we've built? Now we need to put that into a, a new company, license it to another to another uh, company to really get the, the, the scale beyond just the walls of the hospital. And I was going to say, and are you internally sourcing, or do you have some external uh, players in your lens? So we really started as uh, internal sourcing. We have an incredible. Uh, uh, an opportunity to take ideas that happen across both clinical practice but also research. Um, but as we've evolved, we recognize that there there's a need for uh, startups to, to be able to connect into accelerators that are based within a healthcare system. And so, especially in the pediatric space, which often gets overlooked uh, when it comes to technology, um, we've been able to play a role to bring the sort of best-in-class uh, pediatric startups in and help them get access to our systems, our data, our know-how and brand. So let's talk a little bit about the promise that you see in some of these innovations relative to having, you know, the end game impact, which is the triple aim. And some may say the quadruple aim where the, where the missing piece is provider satisfaction. How do you see this coming together and where do you th- think it might most likely be a breakthrough experience in, in changing the zeitgeist? Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's so many parts of the patient journey that we think are going to be transformational. As an enterprise, you know, we're also starting to place sort of big bets in different parts um, in, uh, so if you think about the different parts of the patient journey, absolutely we think that connection to patients in the virtual world makes so much sense. So uh, uh, remote monitoring of patients, uh, developing tools that are you know around virtual visits, not forcing patients to come in to the hospital when they don't need to, creating um, engagement with patients that is much more continuous w- rather than one-off. Those are real opportunities. There's lower cost and sort of higher, op- uh, higher touch points, such an obvious place. Within the hospital itself, we collect so much amazing data, especially as uh, you know, a pediatric hospital that uh, focuses in rare and complex disease. We collect so much data in the, in the ICU, in, you know, with radiology and pathology. 
there's so much data and historical data that we're not we're underutilizing. So building tools that essentially leverage machine learning to to make predictions about uh, around data, so whether it's you know, forecasting issues that a patient might experience in the ICU, um, trying to come up with predictive tools to understand whether a particular image is normal or not normal, um, bringing in those methodologies to augment the physician makes so much sense. It's a little flyover from, I think, the Miramar Jets, right. the F-15s. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what about in from a population health perspective, uh, which in some cases is a Rorschach test, yeah. and you know as to how people define it. But let's just say from a captive population health perspective, where do you see the portal of entry here as to high impact innovation? Right, uh, that's a good point. So definitely, we're thinking about population level tools. I mean. Our perspective is that there's real, you know, we're taking on, you know, risk in, in, in particular populations, of course, and thinking about, you know, the, the patients that are in, in, in resource poor settings and thinking about, you know, social determinants of disease. I mean, those are sort of the overlooked areas. So social context, thinking about ways to understand populations that are likely the ones that are going to be, for instance, ones that are going to be overly using the emergency departments and, and thinking about how to properly care for those patients that end up, of course, being very high cost in the system but get overlooked by healthcare. From our perspective, those are the opportunities in population health that really make so much sense. So give me a visual on a typical typical day for John. What does it look like? Uh, it's um, it's 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 never no day is the same for sure. Um, you know there's a lot of different parts, moving parts, right? Like there's dealing with some of the startups and like I'm directly involved in circulation, so that's that's a company that I'm help, really helping. But then there's of course meeting with, internally with the teams. There's tons of different exciting. They are maneuvering around here all of a sudden. It's been quiet all day. Oh my God, this is crazy. It's amazing when we have uh, the Blue Angels here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's ecstatic. Wow, that's a pretty sky. That is beautiful. Fortunately, this is it, it back blacks out. Okay. You need to run? Okay. No, no, no. Okay. okay. Um, okay. You know, obviously, I spent a lot of time developing. Okay. most of the background okay. noise but okay. yeah I spent a lot of time you know dealing with our partnerships we have a number of different partnerships with companies like uh, Google um, GE you know a, a wide variety of life science companies so establishing new partnerships with them as well as you know smaller startup companies that are, are looking to work with us so it's a highly varied uh, day uh, for sure and then I also have my own research team that's you know absolutely still focused on on population health and in actually developing tools mostly in the infectious disease space, so I've spent a lot of time still tracking disease outbreaks around the world with new technologies. Fascinating. So where do people like you of your ilk, the chief uh, innovation officers, where do you guys congregate for uh, networking, information sharing, kind of, you know best practices uh, identification yeah um, you know I think it's it's there is no sort of one place where where the where chief innovation officers go I mean there are some new uh, innovation focused conferences in pediatrics like the International Society for pediatric uh, pediatric innovation peds 2040 there are of course conferences like this xmed absolutely is is the a place where I've met so many people so many peers which I ha have not met before so that represents a great this represents a great opportunity 
opportunity for me to, to meet some of the peers. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, innovation is a big buzzword and it's, there's very different types of people that sit in these roles, uh, frankly. And so, um, you know, there's just different environments where we can start to, to, to congregate. But yeah, once again, a conference like this is absolutely, you know, top of the list. Perfect pivot to the close here. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your first time here. First time we're here at Exponential Medicine. Talk to me a little bit about your experience to date. Yeah, I mean, I've been to a lot of conferences. Uh, I speak at a lot of conferences, but I have to say, um, you know, and I may be grown even sometimes jaded around conferences. And um, But this one, I have to say, has been really, um, really mind-blowing. I mean, the amount of con- uh, content is relentless. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's hard to, to absorb it all. All, frankly, um, in every aspect of you know new new technologies in healthcare, I mean, really, you know, I'm, I'm fully satiated. And then, of course, just the sidebar conversations that have occurred with like-minded individuals, and of course, individuals are challenging you in, in areas. I mean, and then some of the, the, just the, the discussion sessions that we've had. You know, we had one around blockchain, which was highly illuminating. So it, you know, it's 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 been nonstop, um, feeling a little bit exhausted, but um, very happy that I finally came here. Welcome to the club. Those are classic symptoms. So how do people interested in your work, your team's work, follow you or stay in touch? Yeah, so I mean, you can follow me at John Brownstein on Twitter, but absolutely anybody wants to reach out, bostonchildrens.org slash accelerator. Love to collaborate with, you know, organizations, people, companies, anybody that's out there looking to, to partner, especially if you have a pediatric angle. Um, we're, we're, you know, open for business and really just trying to, you know, partner with, you know, everyone, essentially. Well, John, great to meet you. Thanks for spending some time with me. Thank you so much. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.